This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team. Welcome to Dragonheart. Not really much going on in the Wrexham versus. We haven't really had a game last week. But as always, we're going to bring content, an FA Cup special. We're going to be, we've got to interview a Marines manager. We're going to go run through our general thoughts on the Marine game that we, we haven't really had time to really, not have time, but there's not really the information out there on them. So we'll have a thought on our team. And we're going to go through everyone's favourite FA Cup memories of Wrexham. How are you, Mark? I'm not too bad, to be honest. I'm quite excited to be getting to Marina. It's just a, it's a proper FA Cup tie, isn't it? It really feels exciting, the thought of playing a match like that against a side who, let's be honest, are going to come right at us. Oh, yeah, they're going to come at us. They, they had a fantastic tournament last year, didn't they? <laughs> getting to the third round and then playing that Tottenham tie. So they're going to be a dangerous team to play against. So I am... Really looking forward to it. Excellent. Yeah, well, this is Dragonheart. I'm Aaron Hayden, and this is Dragonheart. Marine on Saturday, as Mark said earlier, it's a proper FA Cup tie, and they seem like a really genuinely nice club too. So I think out of all the ones we could have drew, I think they're one of the better ones, better clubs to draw really, aren't they, Mark? Yeah, uh, I've got to be honest, they've been incredibly helpful. As you said, we'll be talking to Neil Young, their manager, in a bit. Uh, they've been smashing uh, with me. They're very accommodating. And, I mean, they won the Community Club uh, of the Year Award twice at the start of the last decade. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going there. I think it's a, a club with ambition, a club that's, that's done brilliant things in the Cup. And, uh, you know, as David Raven's been saying, it's two and a half thousand capacity. It'll feel like ten thousand. Proper scouse crowd. That's <laughs> it's gonna be good. I'm really genuinely looking forward to it. And it being so close to Wrexham as well makes it fun too. Oh yeah, and it's gonna be great for the away Wrexham fans, Liverpool's around the corner. Great day out for everyone, isn't it? So and to be fair, Marines sound like a team that have real aspirations, you know. I suppose they probably made quite a bit of money off the back of that Tottenham game last year, haven't they? Well, of course, they, they were very clever because they sold the virtual tickets, didn't they? Yeah. So whereas they, they would have had, you know, two and a half thousand fans, uh, instead they sold, was it 30,000 virtual tickets or was it more than that? Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, so they've, they've made more money probably than they would have done if they, if they played it in front of the fans. Um, but Fair play I, to Spurs fans for that as well, yeah. for oh, chipping gosh, in. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, it's fantastic. And, and they've got plans for, you know, redevelopments and things like that. But they're also openly mobile. A manager who, you know, his pedigree is, is at a higher level than what they're at at the moment. And, yeah, it's, it's, it, it just feels like a proper cup tie. It was a, it was a da- Raven again, I think, in the leader talking about it being a proper David and Goliath match. <laughs> and it's like, you know, I'm not that mm. comfortable with us being called Goliath, um, especially because David won. That's what that's what makes me feel edgy. <laughs> I wouldn't really class it as David Goliath because they're only a couple of leagues below us, aren't they? It's not like we're in the Premier League. Spurs versus Marine was David v Goliath. Marine will have the tools to give us one hell of a game, and if we're not at our best level, who knows? It's the FA Cup. <laughs> it's David versus Darren Kempson, really, isn't it? <laughs> it is. But anyway, there's the title of today's podcast. <laughs> How would I mean, you think? Down, aren't they? Because they're not, they're not they're actually leagues, that's it. the Northern Premier League Premier, you know, the top level. But right, I didn't right. actually realise for a week or so after the draw was made. 
So they're in the level below that, although they are absolutely flying. Seven home games this season in all competitions, seven wins. Wow. Played, is it 17 games in total all season? They've lost two away league games. Um, they've so yeah, they, they look you know, they're in good form. It'll be tight as well, you know, those little grounds where the fans are close to the pitch and trying to influence it. because uh, I know that the club have been in negotiation with the neighbours of the grounds because there's nowhere to put the gantry in the ground and they're, they're actually looking to put some scaffolding up in a neighbouring garden to be able to have wow. to film it. So yeah, the classic sort of little tight FA Cup arena. Oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be very interesting. But it's gonna be hard to rack them because they've literally got nothing to lose, have they? Yeah, <laughs> they have nothing to lose and Wrexham have a lot to lose because I think if we get to the third round in the FA Cup and we pull a Man United, that's a very or any Premier League team, that's a huge lucrative money maker for Wrexham, isn't it? So yeah, I think the FA Cup will be a big well, I, f- I think I think it should be a big thing for any team that's entering. Well, we got to watch our step. I remember how amusing we thought it was last year when Marine knocked Chester out of the cup. And we don't want to happen to us a year later, do we? Yeah. But, I mean, they, they won away at Colchester <laughs> last yeah. season. There's pretty similar squads. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to give us a, a rough ride, I think. What what sort of team would you pick if you were Phil Parkinson? Would you go strong? Would you rotate? Right, I was thinking this because we didn't have a game last week. I think we pick our first eleven, but I'd like to see Brisley in for Toza if he's he is fit, isn't he? I understand so, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I'd probably like to see Dibbling goal mm. and maybe Ponticelli for Hyde because he's had been in and out of injury. But these players need match fitness, don't they? So I think pick the strongest team available. Mm, yeah, it's, it's funny. Last week we were sort of saying the opposite, weren't yeah. we? But I'm the same as you. I, I've sort of been mulling it over and come to a similar conclusion. Pretty much exactly what you're saying. Uh, Dibble maybe is the cup keeper, at least in the early rounds. Brisley still hasn't made his debut for us. Uh, maybe given a striker run out, although maybe Hyde, after being injured, will want some more time on the pitch. We, we've actually we've got a tricky situation, haven't we, here, where there's loads of uh, players who need time on the pitch yeah but having had that week off is there much reason to leave players out especially because of Chesterfield performance was poor maybe you want the the basis of that team to get out there get going and start some momentum for the the games to come yeah oh 100% and they need the fitness maybe again put Claire with him for Lennon Mm. that'd be I think that'd be a sensible one as well but I'm more than happy of having the, the strongest team we can have, uh, and I think, I think we, I think getting to the last stages of the FA Cup would be fantastic for the club, and you know, great. <laughs> it'd also be great for the documentary, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, true enough. <laughs> uh, well, well, the magic of yeah, they're back now, aren't they? The crew, they had a break, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, true enough. It'd be good TV, wouldn't it? Getting down to getting down to Marine and showing the start of something big. As we'll talk about later about cup runs, there are plenty of our famous cup runs that could easily have ended very early. So these ties are a key. Oh, hundred percent. And we could um, we could put, we could pull Sunderland in the first round, couldn't we? They're in League One this year. You're obsessed by Sunderland, you are. That, that would be a good. That would be a good first round tie, wouldn't Shuffle it? Phil Parkinson would be delighted, wouldn't he? Wouldn't it? That would. Oh, of course, yeah. He was ex-manager. Back- It'd be. 
it'd be nice to beat Sunderland and then Shrewsbury the round after that and then Manchester United away <laughs> and we get a draw and play him at home. Nice. What about that? Uh, Wrexham Sunderland is the battle of the documentaries, isn't it? The original one against the best one. Oh, 100%. <laughs> anyway, after, after this, we have an interview with Marines manager, Neil... I'm Jake Hyde, and this is Dragonheart. Thank you so much for joining us. I massively, massively appreciate it. Obvious question first. Looking forward to Saturday. Very much so, yeah. You know, for a club like Marine, after what we've done last year in the FA Cup, you know, the, the trophy means a lot to us. Obviously, the competition means a lot to us. But yeah, really looking forward to a tough game. And, I mean, after last season... Heck, <laughs> you guys know your way around the cup run, don't you? Yeah, we do. I mean, you know, I think I've been there three years now. I think we've had four FA Cup competition games or um, over them years. We managed to bring Salford City, who were top of the National League at that time, to our place. Obviously, last year we were able to bring Tottenham Hotspur. And obviously now Wrexham. So, you know, from our, our club's perspective and our fans' perspective, you know, they're three very, you know, attractive games, big clubs, Great fan bases, um, so we're really looking forward to it. You know, it's it's about creating memories for Paul, and I know Saturday's game will be another will, will be another memory for our fans. It's sad, isn't it, you know, the way the FA Cup's gone, where you know big teams yeah. and rest players. I understand it. Don't get me wrong. You know, modern football's different, but in some ways, these sort of games feel much more like what the cup ought to be. In that, you know, we will turn up with the full strength team. I would assume. It's it's a genuine, you know, you, you beat us on Saturday. You've you've beaten our best side, if you like. It mean, it yeah, feels yeah. a bit special, doesn't it? Yeah, FA Cup's always been special. I think growing up, you know, from you know, I'm obviously a Liverpool supporter. I remember, you know, the games against Everton. Um, but I remember the game, you know, Tottenham and Man City. I think it's my very first memory. I think that was '81 Cup final, and Ricky Villiers scored that unbelievable goal. Yeah. You know, so um, that's my first memories of the FA Cup. But we, as I said, we were brought up on the FA Cup and Cup Shocks. Wrexham had a number of them over the years. Um, we had our own one of those, or you know, a little bit of that last year ourselves, going to the likes of, of Colchester for a club like us and winning away from home when they were on a very good run. Um, so, yeah, and as you say, it, it brings the club together, it brings the fans together. I think it brings non-league football together, if I'm honest, the FA Cup. Um it definitely brings the fan bases together. And then, who knows, you know, financially, it makes so much difference, to, you know, particularly to a club like ourselves. Exactly. If I could just say about the non-league family, if you like, I feel that very strongly. I mean, obviously, clubs like Wrexham who drop out of the Football League desperately want to get back in the Football League. And yeah. I know different. But I've really, over the years, too many years, but I've loved going yeah. to the actual clubs who traditionally have been more non-league. I and mean, I'm so looking forward to coming to the, the way your club have already treated me. The fact that you're having a chat yeah. to me, you know, that the fact yeah. that I'll go there and I'll meet Marine fans and they're great. That, that sort of yeah. experience is, is real football, isn't it? It is. It's very down to earth as well. You know, there's, there's not the um, issues around crowd violence and, and different things. It's everyone's together. Everyone understands everyone's difficulties you know, most clubs in non-league are volunteer-led. You know, ours is particularly, you know, is all volunteer-led. And and I know how much hard work goes in behind the scenes. I only have to look at Tottenham last year. But even this Wrexham game, I was talking to our secretary yesterday, who's obviously got a full-time job against, you know, against the secretarial work. And he was just inundated with 
with you know all sorts of requests from from um, various people and various news outlets and media. Um, it's great for the football club, you know, and and that's th- that's the way we want it. But you know, it's very time consuming and difficult. But going back to the football family, obviously, I've been in non-league um, first as a player and then obviously as a manager for the last twenty odd years. Um, you go to some great places, meet some great people, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Exactly, and. I mean, you say about the idea of volunteers. I mean, you're your secretary. I can vouch for the fact. Bless yeah. him. Like you say, he's got so many things to do. But man, that guy replies to emails quickly. It just, you know, it's not it's not just doing a bit of volunteering. It's no. 100% commitment to it on top of all your other things. And, and that's what makes a club like Marine special, doesn't it, really? It does. And it's not just about obviously doing the job. It's the love for the football club. Yeah. It's their football club. That's, that's what I always say. You know, from a managerial perspective, you know, I'm only going in there, you know, to for the, to the hot seat for however long I'm there in terms of, you know, I'm there for one year or I'm there for 10 years, you know, whatever that may be, usually around success. But ultimately, it's all these volunteers, people and the fans, their football club, you know, and I, I'm just I'm just in charge of it for them and I'm looking after it for them um, in the best way I possibly can. Um, but it's their football club and you can see, I only have to look at last year um, and how much, you know, that cup run, and bringing the likes of Tottenham to our place and winning at Colchester meant to, to, to our club, our, our committee. You know, we weren't allowed fans in at, at, in the latter stages. Um, it was phenomenal. And, I, and from a manager's perspective, I always get people say, oh, you you know, you won at Colchester. Yeah, it's great. You know, that's you, you know you want, you want to win football matches. But I get more pleasure out of seeing how much pleasure you bring to other people mm. um, and winning football matches because... I've been there for, for three years, four years. Some of these people have been here for 40 plus years. Yeah. I've never seen anything like that. And 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 you'd like to say that in all the hard work and effort you put in, that's their little bit of, mm. of a thank you to say, you know, all your hard work has, has brought this. And I, I, don't, I don't want to sound like I'm puffing Wrexham up to be bigger than we are, but yeah. in a way, I'm glad that with us in our current situation where we are, I think, more attractive than normal, um, because yeah. of the new ownership, that a team like Marine will play us at home. I don't mean sound patronising. I don't mean to do that, but no. because you know, all so much of what's been done, like you said, was behind closed doors. You've had seasons where basically there can be no end. You know, no outcome. Nobody goes up. Um, when Marine yeah. have been doing well, um, at least having a capacity crowd and a cracking atmosphere on Saturday, no matter which way the game goes, is going to yeah. be a bit of payback for that. Marine family that you say have been behind everything and so patient as well. Yeah, and that's what we said last year that you know the biggest disappointment of the FA Cup run last year is what we didn't have any fans in. You know, people couldn't enjoy it, and you know, let's be honest, are we ever going to bring Tottenham Hotspur to, to Marine again? You know what I mean? Or you know, so obviously we brought Wrexham, and as I say, we brought Salford in the past, and and these games are what fans want to be involved in. You know, that's what they pay the money for. That's what they support the team for. You know, same with Wrexham if you. You know, if you get to the third round of a competition and you draw a Liverpool, Everton or, you know, Manchester United, it's the same feeling um, as, as what we have. Um, so we're looking forward to it. And as I say, it's about, it's about creating memories. It's about having lots of people in the ground. It'll be our biggest attendance in recent years or, as, as, you know, as far back as I can think. Um, it's the biggest attendance I've played. I mean, we had 1,700, I think, against Salford a few years back. Um but you know we're really looking forward to it. You know when I was I was brought up, my my um, one of my best friends, his dad was a mad Wrexham supporter. So I've known about Wrexham for a long time, um, 
and obviously being the ex-Chester manager, um, I know about it <laughs> quite yeah. a bit as well. <laughs> I was going to mention that actually. Yes, I mean, does it? Does it I, mean, I don't know. I feel like to a fan, they'll think, "Oh, ex-Chester manager, a bit of extra spice." Yeah. To a journalist, it does. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. Well, is it like that for in the game, or is it on you know just another game if you like? Especially now, it's not a derby now, you know? Yeah, I think for me personally, just another game. I think it might have been different if it was at the race course, if I'm honest. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I'm sure I would have probably got a little bit more banter than, than, than what I'll get at home yeah. um, due to the due to the, the size, obviously, of the crowd in, in terms of the percentage split. Um, but no, I've been to Wrexham many times. As, as the Chester manager, I was there at the race course, managed there. Um, once, I went there as caretaker manager for Halifax. Um, when Wrexham were top of the National League actually um, once and I've been there many times watching games and you know great club and you know great people Don Burton used to make me very welcome you know when Don was there um, always had plenty of banter with the fans you know coming in and out of the ground yeah. Um, but yeah mass, you know big football club um, and we're really looking forward to the you know to the tie There's, uh, as a as a, someone who's managed at Wrexham actually a, a question I'd love to ask you because when Kevin Wilkin was our manager, um, yeah. he talked about how for him as a manager in the Neeson, Wrexham was a cup final. It felt like a big occasion. His players would yeah. raise themselves and that he felt that was a problem when he was at Wrexham um, because he could see teams sort of thinking, well, this is not just a run-of-the-mill away game. Is that, yeah. is that the case? I mean, I think our fans are certainly can be quite aggressive um, and yeah. loud, but... You know, do, do, do you see what I mean? It, it, does it feel like some, or is it maybe us? You know, again, puffing ourselves up a little bit and making ourselves a bit, feel a bit more important than maybe we really are. You know, I don't think. I mean, obviously, a bit different. Me going back there as a Chester yeah. manager because you, you know the rivalry has gone on for many years, way before I was there, and people way after I've gone. In terms, so when I walked through the door at Chester, they were in the league that we're actually in now, and. You know, I was asked, you know, can we get back playing Wrexham? And obviously Wrexham were in the National League then and probably in the top six or seven teams in the National League. Um, and it just seemed a little bit of a pipe dream, if I'm honest. And But we managed, you know, to do something that's not been done before in terms of doing it in three years. And then we went into the National League and we stayed part-time and um, it was difficult. You know, financially it was very difficult. And um, I think we lost our first five games or six games. Our first win actually was at the race course. Yeah. Um, it was a bump. It was a bubble game. Um, you know, the atmosphere, the atmosphere was tremendous. You know, I, but it, it, I suppose it's, it, it's different, isn't it? In, in, in football terms, as we went there off the back of, obviously, three, three promotions, not expected to, to, to get there like we did. We're then going back there as a part-time team. Um, so, pressure's off a little bit in terms of um, expectations. I think then, to, to come back to Kevin's point, it's probably a little bit around the expectation of winning a home from a Wrexham perspective, irrespective of who you play, you know, because the size of the fan base and the expectation. And I think it's like any football ground, when you've got a big home following and things aren't going right, if you can get the, everyone will say, don't even quieten the home fans down for the first 20, 25 minutes, you know, and then you might, you know, some of them might get on the backs of the players, etc. Et I think that's the same at any, at any ground. But I've always found every time I've been to Wrexham, um, you know, to, to the race course, you know, the fans are, you know, the the loud, the, you know, they're, they're excited, they want the team to do well. And like any football crowd, if things aren't going well, they're going to let you know, you know, it's as simple as that. And as an opposition manager, 
you also get the, you know, you you also become part of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sometimes I feel Rex were quite good at drawing opposition <laughs> managers into it. I'll be honest with you. Um, when I was a kid, I always remember the Chester physio getting arrested um, because he got so wound up by the grief that Harry McNally was getting on the bench that he threw a bucket yeah. of water into the terrace. Oh, I was I was in sixth form then, and one of my right. mates was really chuffed the next day because uh, his dad was the policeman who arrested him. Was he? Oh, I, I can't so, wondering whether the fact that he was a mad Wrexham fan was part, you know, yeah. <laughs> whether we had grounds for arrest. But he was so chuffed, he forgot that we lost 3-1 at home. Um, <laughs> great season that was. Drew Chester at home in the FA Cup and the, well, LDV or whatever. And Chester yeah. beat us at the race course in both of them. Great. Because <laughs> I think when we won there, I think that was the first time Chester won the race course in about 38, 39 years, I think. Or some, or some silly some silly stat. Yeah, I remember that well. <laughs> yeah. Th- thanks for that. <laughs> no, and, and you know, you continue to do so as well. That sort of started a run of last minute goals, winners by Chester as well. And I did, yeah, yeah. you know, of course, I'm a Wrexham fan. I, I, I don't like this happening to me, but I do yeah. appreciate that, like you said, from that low point where Chester were, it was a hell just to get those games on the fixture list is something oh, to be winning them in that manner. I do get how fantastic that would have yeah, felt. From a managerial perspective, to, to to go through the league as quick as we did, you know, was was astonishing, if I'm honest. Um, mm. When you think of some of the clubs, particularly in the National League North at that time, very strong clubs, Halifax and Brackley and clubs like that, guys at the time, you know, to uh, and then to actually land in the National League and, and, and playing the likes of Wrexham, Cambridge, Luton Town, Forest Green, you know, from a club that three years previously were in Marines League now, you know, it was quite a, you know... It was a great experience. It was an absolutely great experience. Um, and, and you know, but as I say, Saturday's Marine, um, Marine v Wrexham. And I've got so much respect for Wrexham as a football club. And, um, you know, we've got to try and do our best in a very difficult tie. Absolutely. Good. One last question for you, if you don't mind. I was thinking, yeah. focusing on Marine. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm just uh, flattering you here. It's the truth. Your record's outstanding. I mean, promotion of Colwyn Bay, you go to Chester, Bang, bang, bang! Three promotions. You've taken the club on its knees uh, to a straight back to where it was. You know when, through horrible circumstances, they've completely well, they stopped existing. Um, yeah. No disrespect to Marine because I know Marine's a proper club, but to convince yeah. someone with your pedigree to come down to the level Marine are at now, yeah, you must have really seen something. Excellent in that, cl- you know what I mean. In that club, do, 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 yeah. they've explained the plan well to make someone of your caliber, I would say, come down to, to them. I don't understand. Like just you know, no, I know, I know what you're saying. I think it goes back to, I think it goes back to our very first part of the conversation when we talk about the non-league family. Um, obviously, coming through the leagues, and I managed the Camelards as well, and, and in the Welsh Premier League and different things, assistant manager. Marine's always been a place where I've always enjoyed playing. I've always been well, you know, well respected. Um, and I think as you get older as a manager and, and, and you are part-time, um, your, your own um, your own ways change and what you want to do as a person in terms of would you want to go and manage higher. And football's changed. So nowadays you would potentially get 
you know, maybe a year or two years in football. You know, I've, I've worked in a permanent job since I left school. So mm. I've been in a job for, for that long. And, you know, yourself, football's a very, very fickle world, you know. Um, and if I'm honest with, with, with the football, travelling became a real issue for me. Um, going out the house, at, you know, three hours one way and three hours back, you know, can become a problem. Marine's fairly, it's not on my doorstep, I'm, off, I'm on the whittle, but it's only 30, 35 minutes away. Um, and it was it was the first club since Chester probably where I've known I would basically have a free hand in terms of the ownership of the football elements of the club. Yeah. And I think that's what um, that's what I liked. And I was allowed to put my own stamp on it. I was allowed to do all my own recruitments. I was allowed to, to put a strategy and a structure into what we do and how we work and have a big say um, in how the club should go forward. And that's not from a from an egotistical way, that's more of a help, you know, to help help them because coming from coming from Chester, and don't want to go back to Chester, but coming from Chester when we when I first took over there as a fan-owned club, I think if you remember, it was pretty much rushed in. You know, it was done in about three or four months and yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm formed and yeah. I left Colburn Bay and I became the new manager there. And I was basically driving the whole of the football club in, in terms of knowledge because everyone was learning on the job. If you like, obviously, a lot of people with very clever people with business knowledge, mm. but a football environment is, is a totally different environment. So it's helping people within the club, as I say, very hardworking, intelligent people understand the mechanics of football. So I was able, to, I've, and I've learned the business side of, of, of football throughout my career, linked with the job that I do. So it's allowed me um, to, to build, and, and, and what Marines give me, after I realised after coming out of Stockport, was that I had to, I had to have a have a way of working that suited me, and it does take things do take time. You don't normally get that time in football, you know. So I'm very grateful that they've given me, you know, Marine have given me the time to put the stamp on it. But I'm sure they're now grateful that we've they, they let me have the time to be able to to be able to do what we've done. But like anything, and I know it's an old cliche, without the players, you know, I, I don't play. I'm the manager. I pull it all together. But ultimately, they've got to go over the, the white line and uh, and put the performances in. And the performances that they put in, you know, last season and so far this season, from a mentality perspective, um, when you think we're part-time, we as of Saturday, we'll have completed the equivalent of half a league season in 10 weeks on Saturday. We'll have played 18 games yeah. in 10 weeks. You know, so, so to be able to do that and to be able to come up against a side, you know, like Wrexham um, and everything they're trying to do, which is great to see, you know, is great to be part of, really. Oh, fantastic. Well, honestly, thank you so much for your time. I I, I, I want to wish you good luck, but I can't, if you see what I mean. Yeah. But um, yeah. I, I certainly, I'll be keeping an eye out for Marine the rest of the season, no matter what happens on Saturday, yeah. because that's the sort of club that, local club that deserves respect. And I yeah. think that the job you're doing there and looking at the results certainly um, deserves respect. So again, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. No problem. I'm Liam McClendon and this is Dragon Heart. FA Cup memories. Me and Mark were just going through the time I started supporting the club and... FA Cup memories, and I, I tell you, it's, it's not even a handful that I have, and that's why I feel envious to fans who went through the 90s and before then, who who really did see some really FA Cup memories, but since I've been supporting Rex, and it's not really been that great, apart from the odd few, but you posted something on Twitter the other day, and it absolutely blew up, so 
let's hear some of these great memories. Oh, we've had some beauties, Jay. But I, I've got to say first, yeah, it's a hell of a coincidence how we were such a fantastic cup team until you came along, mate, I'm telling you. Because <laughs> our record stinks. Well, <laughs> we've gone through you, some of the teams we've lost to. Blanket and Ackman, what we've been well, thinking of. It was... It was it just got more and more depressing, didn't it? As yeah, well as later on, yeah. but yeah, <laughs> Alperton, people like that, you know, it's oh. it it's it's been depressing. Cup ties. I was like, a lot of people, Wrexham fans, get were getting really excited about the FA Cup, and it, for me, I've never really, mm. apart from you know the Brighton game, the Stoke game, and the Derby game from when I was a kid, never really had that real excitement unfortunately but let's hope this team can change that exactly well like like you said there's loads of fantastic memories that are being shared and one nice point anyway to make from creative jigsaw film production um saying if we could have bottled the flynn era and maybe buy it back now <laughs> we'd be laughing yeah it felt yeah. like every season was going to bring another exciting cup run and there's a lot of flynn related stuff in here those years were remarkable. Um, we were just we were quite hard to beat. I know people think of good cup teams as being swashbuckling, but we were quite hard to beat. It is is interesting when the West Ham game, Ian Evans saying getting within five minutes of West Ham for the replay and it being called off for fog. Oh, exactly. And then Howie Smith saying, I feel your pain, Ian. We actually got to the ground after making a day of it in London first. I bought the programme for the game. There was a different one for the rescheduled game. So at least that's some consolation. Yeah, I, yeah. I had a great time of that day. Um, I never really said this before. I feel I can now. Um, I had a new boss who, and I, I basically approached him because there was no way I'd be getting down to West Ham in time, I didn't think, if I just did, if I went to work and then trying to get down there, and Marchesan wants me to commentate on it. So I I had a teacher who was willing to take my one lesson. I was free the last one, so I could go at half 12. And I groveled to him. He said, oh, I'll let you know. And he really left me dangling for ages. He actually admitted years later that he wasn't sure what to do, and he asked uh, a bloke he knew, and he said, oh, say yes, but make him wait. <laughs> Thanks. So um, I... Uh, I, I did say yes. I went to Marcher Sound and I came across the sound engineer and I discovered that sound engineers at radio stations are obsessed with sound quality. They're not that bothered about whether the broadcast actually goes out or not. So they were fiddling for ages with this equipment before they finally gave it to me. Um, it was a desk. It was a, 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 it was screwed into the wall. It was a studio ISDN kit, so it wasn't a portable one. It had loads of tiny little switches at the back, and it was an oh, be careful with that. If you, if any one of them get moved, you go off air. <laughs> Give me a broadcast one then. Nothing <laughs> without that. <laughs> so okay, fine. They booked me a rental car, so I had this Ford Mondeo, and then they spent about an hour and a half fiddling around with it to make sure they thought it was tuned exactly right for the best quality. And I'm looking at watch thinking I might as well have done work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is, this is taking my whole afternoon up. So I jumped in the car. I absolutely bombed it down to London. Thick fog before mobile phones matches off. So I got, wow. actually got to the North Circular before I actually heard on a radio that the game was off. So I drove all the way down to London, groveled for a day off, 
sweated, stressed like hell over that equipment, and there was no game. Wow. Look back. Depressing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we did win when we finally got it played, though. And we Iconic. Did. So we'll get to that in a sec. Um, oh, uh, and then also, yeah, Steve Davis saying the same thing. West Ham away after Redknapp said with the, after the draw in the snow up here that his team couldn't play proper football on that. Then we went down there with the perfect pitch and we beat them. And that was that that was the game eventually where Redknapp said we can't play football on this, but they played a target man. They, they were the team who was set up to play long ball. We we were never a long ball team. And then we went down there and honestly on a good pitch, we just played them off the pitch. Only the goal came late from Kevin Russell, but we deserved to win that game. So I bet that was epic to be in that crowd for that. Oh man. But especially because the I think I don't know if I mentioned this before the the West Ham fans ran on the pitch straight away afterwards because they were furious, and it looked like they were going to go and attack the Wrexham fans because they ran on the pitch and then they ran straight towards the Wrexham end, uh, and they all just applauded us <laughs> because I think oh. they were they were impressed that Wrexham was a team. They were impressed with the noise the Wrexham fans made, and also let's be honest, they wanted to make a point of you know we're an embarrassment. Yeah, yeah. Well done, Wrexham. You know, it suited their agenda as well. So that was quite. That was a, a real memory seeing them do that as well. Eight. Sandra Fry saying about Southampton away in '74, which is before my time. Steve Davis saying he travelled overnight to that game on a Theo Roberts bus. What a journey! Wow, man. Yeah. So this, yeah, mid '70s. Of course, '74. We got to the last eight. Beat Southampton away. Along the way, uh, and another one we'll get to in a moment. But um, yeah, it's it's just peppered, isn't it? And then of course another Brian Flynn one. The Celtic Envower says it's Birmingham every time. They were the big dogs. Oh. They were the big dogs back then, and we destroyed them. Some genuine ten out of ten performances that day. An emotional journey. The match was perfection. It was an emotional journey of a match. We went behind. Not to some no-mark player, but a league-winning captain, Steve Bruce. Not a fan <laughs> on the ground thought we weren't getting tonked at that point. Yeah, he smashed a volley from the edge of the area, and we're losing They're quite late in the, in the first half. And then he says the pressure builds at two... Oh, oh I beg your pardon. I missed one. Then the sending off and our two goals was fun, but there's always that feeling of being 2-1 up in a cup game as the underdog. If you see the game out, you win. But if you concede, you're almost certainly losing in the replay. It's death or glory on a single goal, which rarely happens in football. So the pressure builds at 2-1, like no other score in a game like that. Connolly's goal wasn't just a confirmation of the win. It was an instant release of all that tension. It was glorious, and I've never been in a celebration that crazy before or since. Perfection. Oh, you should be writing in oh, the programme. Or, oh, I love that. What a beautiful description of a game, and quite right, too. And... It's not one that doesn't that slips under the radar a little bit as well, isn't it? The Birmingham one. I think the problem is we lose the quarterfinal to Chesterfield. We look like we've done the hard work. Yeah, and then we yeah. lost the game that we were favourites for, which is heartbreaking, isn't it? It is. It is, and that's the trouble with Saturday as well, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. It's like North <laughs> Therapy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. North of Therapy. You know, we got to Wembley, but we don't want to remember that. We don't want to yes. think about it. That semi-final also- away to Torquay was one of the best big match performances I've ever seen from a Wrexham team. You know, we'd only won the first leg 2-1 and, you know, we, we could have been in real trouble. 
and we battered them. And yet we don't really want to remember that way. Um, but <laughs> ultimately, we uh, we don't want to remember it for that reason. Yeah, we will not talk about the No Fairby game on here. Sorry, <laughs> not today. <laughs> no. Mind you, I mean we're saying about the Birmingham game, and you're saying like the Marine game. You need to get through those first. I mean, we've got to remember that that year that we got to the semi-final in 98, we were so close to getting knocked out before we even got to the third round. The first round of it, um, we were playing, oh, sorry, 97, wasn't it? I beg your pardon. The first round, we call Win Bay. We're losing with 14 minutes left at home and Brian Hughes scores. The replays at the race course because they wanted to use our ground mm. and get more money. And we win that fairly comfortably. But that first game, I remember very clearly because Andy Marriott had broken his jaw against Barry a week and a half beforehand. And so Mark Cartwright was playing. But Marriott was saying he wanted to play with an inflatable ice hockey goalkeeper's mask on, which was daft. But good job Cartwright played because he flayed out of his skin. And then the replay we won. Then we had Scunthorpe. We were in the third division. They were in the fourth. We were losing twice at home to them. Steve Watkins scores 89th minute equaliser, take it to a replay. And then at Scunthorpe, they're winning for most of the game. Brian Hughes equalises, 70th minute. They score again two minutes later. And three minutes left, we're looking like we're going out. And then back pass to their keeper. Oh, it was beautiful. And I don't know what the hell he did, but he sort of kicked it into the ground. And he wasn't under that much pressure. Steve Morris was running at him, but he sort of kicked it into the ground and it spanned backwards. And Steve Morris ran past him and tapped it in. I think if he hadn't have made it, the ball still would have gone in itself because he kicked because of the backspin on it. And then five minutes from the end of extra time, Watkins gets a penalty, scores it. And then we get to play West Ham. But I mean, Colin Bay could have beaten us and Scunthorpe really ought to have beaten us. 89th minute equaliser, then an 87th minute freak equaliser. So when your name's on the cup, your name's on the cup, isn't it? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Got other ones here. Um, oh, now, Tony Phillips. Oh, I'll take my hat off to you. Norwich 3, Wrexham 1 in 1962. Went on a bus wow. organised by my school. Whoa. Started out very early and then returned immediately after the match. I think we were travelling for about 20 hours. That's incredible, isn't it? Wow. Wow, that's like really obscure one as well. I've never heard of that before. That's a proper school as well, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) That's the the sort of education we all deserve. (laughs) Norwich Norwich on Saturday, lads. (laughs) Yes, sir. (laughs) Love it. Absolutely fantastic! That is, I'm just, I'm just bringing the game up now. Um, yeah, so a very young Gareth Davis, or was it Win Davis, would have scored the goal in that? Yeah, wow, fantastic. Um, Luke again saying the whole of the '97 Cup run, excluding Chesterfield, my favourite time following Wrexham, bar none. If I had to pick a moment, it was when Rooster scored at West Ham. If I had to pick a match, it was away at Peterborough. A game that had everything. 100% agree. That Peterborough game was fabulous. Yeah, that's one that got mentioned a lot, isn't it? It was the Peterborough game. I mean, that was was a continuation of my battle against Marcher Sound sound engineers because they gave me a different piece of equipment that time. Um, But the same issue, they cranked it up, the quality, 
which meant that it, it wouldn't, it just couldn't hold the, the signal. So it kept dropping out, dropping out. And I sort of took an executive decision 10 minutes before kickoff. It's better people hear it than they get five minutes of crystal clear and then it dropping out all the time. Yeah, yeah. And cramped it all down again. Um, but that was a remarkable match. Um, you know, we, we're losing Steve Walken. Uh, Peter Ward equalised the most straight. One of my favourite ever Wrexham goals was just heroic. He takes a corner on the right. It, it gets cleared to the other side of the box. It's crossed back in and he's just sprinted in from the corner flag and launches an epic header. <laughs> and then... They score again after half time. Steve Watkin equalizes, and then Kevin Russell scores two brilliant goals, which really made me pleased because I noticed something and I was chuffed that Rooster did as well. Um, Peterborough's goalkeeper, Bart Creaming, Dutch goalkeeper, I just felt he, he, he stood a bit far out off his line, just looked like he was ready for the lob. And obviously, Russell thought that because then within 10 minutes in the second half, he lobbed him twice. Wow. And one of them on the volley was a hell of a good goal. But um, it was just, I was just so chuffed because I kept thinking, oh, I wonder if it's worth trying to lobby it. And then Rooster did it twice and we won 4-2. Fantastic. Making me jealous of all these FA Cup memories, really. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> SJ Evans <laughs> said the same. Underrated 4-2 win at Peterborough. And then Ian Evans, great night, that was. And also Scunthorpe away, the one we were talking about. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah how about this? John Davis. Bit of a strange one. But Rochdale away a couple of years ago. Hmm. Wales were playing Hungary simultaneously and secured a Euros spot. We were having a great time in the away end. I remember Aaron Wilbraham looking very confused at a few of us celebrating him taking a throw-in because <laughs> they're all paying attention to the Wales game instead. <laughs> <laughs> that is fantastic. That was a good performance at Rochdale, wasn't it? Where they, we, yeah, yeah. The division above us, and we were very unlucky to lose that game. Oh, brilliant. Um, Gareth Edwards oh get this West Ham in 1997 I was at the race course but my girlfriend got the hump as uh, I hadn't spent the weekend with her got to the ground for the replay in London to find it off and unable to go to the rearranged date because he was going to see the girlfriend obviously to try and make amends then she binned me off for being selfish two days before so I got a ticket on the Friday and went down to West Ham after all well, well played. <laughs> Amazing. And then um, Tim Lewis saying Darren Ferguson channeling George Best against Middlesbrough was pretty great. With Mark Schwarter in goal as well, if memory serves. He's right. Because Selzig and Vauer says um, that was up there with our most impressive winners. We more than matched the Borough team that day that had one or two decent players. Let me just read through the, the Borough teams. He's, he's put a screenshot of it up. Mark Schwarzer indeed in goal. Yeah. And it was Vickers, Fester, and Pallister with the three centre backs, Gary Pallister. Um, Musto, Gascoigne in midfield. Wow. Brian Dean up front, Stamp, a little ratter midfielder. Christian Seeger, remember we had uh, Robin Gibson on talking about how he bullied Seeger, even though Robin yeah. Gibson was five foot six and Seeger was a six foot three German international. And then up front, um, Janino. Wow. Supposing Hamilton Rickards, a Colombian striker. It was a hell of a team, that. And that wasn't a good Wrexham side. I mean, if I go through that, you'll hear a lot of good players. But, you know, some of them weren't quite at their peak. And that team didn't quite gel with Kevin Dearden in goal. 
Uh, Mark McGregor was a good right back. Phil Hardy, of course, left back. Mm. Brian Carey and Stephen Roberts in defence. Midfield, Danny Williams, Kevin Russell and Darren Ferguson. Robin Gibson on the wing, because it was that formation that Brian Flynn used to play with the lopsided wingers. And then up front, Craig Falkenbridge and Neil Roberts. So It's a good team on paper. Yeah, we, we, we sort of flirted with relegation a little bit from League One that season. We, we didn't mm. really quite click. You know, I mean, Neil Roberts and Steve Roberts are still quite young. Good players, but, you know, still developing. Um, maybe a couple of the players who got us promoted were getting a little bit older. Um, well, well, they were. Everybody's getting a little bit older, aren't they? <laughs> mm. And Deirdre wasn't the most convincing goalkeeper, to be perfectly frank. Um Peter Blakemore says that was his first Wrexham game, so always one to remember. That's a hell of a choice, isn't it? Huh? Oh, aye. <laughs> and also United weren't playing in the FA Cup that season, so Fergie's winner got lots of Ferguson still in the Cup, etc. Um, and also he thinks the team also recreated the Bury the Borough photo and it worked. Have you ever seen that? I don't think I have. In the mid-70s, I can't remember his name, something Roberts, I want to say, there was a photographer for the leader, I think it was the leader, he used to like doing like stunt photos. And he did one, you might have seen Eddie May, our Exum captain, with mm. a false moustache on, pointing at the camera and as a mock-up of the, you know, Wrexham, we need you, like Kitchener. And the, oh, yeah, yeah. The... But when they, um, when we drew Middlesbrough in 74, uh, they, had a, they did a mock-up of the first team, all dressed as undertakers with, with long top hats on, um, with, with shovels, as I recall, and it was, we're going to bury the borough. And they, they, did did. A, they did a recreation of it uh, before they played Burton Nuddlesworth again in 2000. So Love I it. I had to find a picture of that and put a link to it. But yeah, that was brilliant. Um, Humph uh, says, Wednesday, West Ham away, 997, cracking day and night out around London. Um, now he is a, a good one. John says Burnley away in 1974. So that's the FA Cup quarter final. First time we got to the quarter finals. Mass exodus of Wrexham Town and what felt like most of North Wales on anything that would move. Seeing all the Crossville buses lined up across the moors above the ground. Immense following 15,000 inside and thousands more outside. Freeburn photography has put out something which he tweeted a while back, and I noticed at the time it's, it's an absolute beauty, um, which is that old black and white news coverage in Wrexham about cup fever. It's fantastic. Wow. And he says, we went on a coach from the Rollers Arms South Sea. Sadly, long, many are long gone. Pies, butties and crates of brown ale. Couldn't do that today. It was a great day out. Um, oh, yeah. Some of these guys should be writing for the programme. This is... Yeah, yeah, it's great stuff, isn't it? <laughs> Harry Daniels saying about that game went on a trip from the commercial. Great turnout. A DHJ, great memories of that trip. Possibly my first away game as an eight-year-old. Joey Jones on the bus before the game, giving me his trusty fist salute. Um, wow. Paul Hammy, nineteen sixty-four. My dad's getting a speeding ticket practically in Burnley. When he asked which was the best way to the ground, he got the reply: slowly. <laughs> <laughs> and Rob, Roger Owen Parfit 22 I was 12 unbelievable scenes oh my word uh, I mean uh, yeah, that amazing more recent Owen Bradley Carrington's goal at Stoke away 
Louis have a special place in my heart. That was special, wasn't it? It was special, but we didn't win. So, you know, I, I still feel a bit envious of all these amazing stories. But yeah, Carrington's goal, it, it really went off in that way. And I've, I've not seen limbs like that for a while. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Mark Griffiths, the other Mark Griffiths. Um, Ipswich's home of Durkin's goal, first real FA Cup game under the lights for him. Oh, yeah, it was wonderful. It was wonderful yeah. because there was a real sense by then because we were good in the Cups and were playing well. And Ipswich are Premier League, but they weren't playing well. We were we were essentially favourites. I mean, this was, we weren't as such, but he just felt we'd win it. <laughs> he really did. So, mm. you know, just expected us to. Just look, it was so much a look like a Cup upset. What a goal by Durkin, though. Beautiful goal. Oh. And Gary Bennett scores a penalty. And then people forget that right at the end of the game, Andy Marriott makes an unbelievable save. Otherwise, it would have gone to a replay. But, yeah, fantastic. Simon Newell, Birmingham City away. We were immense that day. SJ Tinniswood, right. Our coach getting lost on the way to Wimbledon in 1998. Well, we got to Wimbledon. That's just not where Wimbledon happened to be playing because they were playing at Selhurst Park. Um, yeah. It was certainly memorable. Just about made the second half and the coach broke down on the way home. Good times. I mean, that was a fraught journey. Horrible weather. Real howling gale. One of those days when you got like a wind, extreme warning. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, it was like, well, will, you know, will it, the game actually take place or not? Will it be safe travelling all the way down to London or not? And it was the, the infamous game with the disallowed goal right at the end where Wimbledon had a corner right at the end of the match. It was stuck in the box. Was it Robbie Earl who scores it? No, maybe not. But it was headed in and the referee blew for full time while the ball was arriving into the box. So it was no goal. As you can imagine, there were a lot of angry, angry Wimbledon players on the pitch. We took them to a replay, lost 3-2 in the replay. But, um, man. <laughs> wow. Die John stood on the cop seeing Durkin's volley go in against Ipswich. Listen to this. A, a, a star of Ask Wrexham in the commentaries, rural detective, our old friend, working in the police helicopter over the ground for Wrexham v Ipswich, near the end wow. of the game, as we waited for the game to finish, seeing the penalty awarded and then slotted home by Bennett while hovering a thousand feet above the ground. God, can you imagine? What a unique way to watch a game of football. That's yeah. amazing. Shame that the mobiles then. Yeah. If you felt yeah. brave enough to hold your mobile over the edge. No, I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't either. No. <laughs> I'm uh, terribly afraid of heights, so that would be for me. <laughs> but imagine the footage you could get if you were brave enough to. Amazing. I, like I feel like you should have a lanyard on a mobile. <laughs> when, yeah. you, when you go up on somewhere <laughs> on your holiday, taking a picture from the top of somewhere. Um, Reese Williams, Blue Tech Reese Williams, that guy from, you know, that other podcast. You know, you know, you know those guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, slim pickings for me but I love Brentford away 2011 now, I mean, that was a hell of an achievement that wasn't it oh yeah hell of a game and another one unfortunately I couldn't go because I was a bit younger and didn't have the finances to listen to it on the radio but from everyone I've heard who went to that game it just sounded absolutely electric and to play Brighton in the next game after that I mean, wow amazing yeah. That Brighton game was something else, wasn't it, really? I mean, the, the bonds between the clubs were the way they supported us when we had trouble. Yeah. Fantastic. And and the more I think about that game in particular, even the home game, we went toe-to-toe with them. 
is the fact that how good that team was and how criminal it was that we didn't go up that year is just incredible, really, isn't it? Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cruel to go out on penalties that match. We defended so well at Brighton. I didn't yeah. see that in the goal in. We just defended superbly. We were so organised. And then morale to get that goal as well. Yeah. Oh, at that home. goal. Oh. Yeah, yeah I'd lot, say that was my favourite tie. We had a lot of other chances at home to Brighton as well in that yeah. game to, to win it. And the I was miffed, I was, I've got to be honest, with their equaliser because it was a free kick in midfield. And the ref didn't take it about 15 yards away from where it took place. So I don't mind refs getting the game going quickly, but you've got to take the free kick in the same post mm-hmm. as where the foul took place. And I just felt we were, we were sort of set up for where the free kick would be coming from and just tiny bit caught out. I know there's still more steps to come before they scored, but that always annoyed me a little bit, I've got to be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then Brentford away, that goal by Tolly. Oh, yeah. Strike. Hell of a goal. One hell of a goal. Yeah. Um, and the last one we've got, oh, actually, I say that. I think one may have just arrived. I might have a, a, a live one in. Uh, Jeff Lang. I said we couldn't mention Arsenal. I only said 92, though, didn't he? So he's mentioned the 1978 match against Arsenal was great, even though we lost 3-2. Walking down Crispin Lane with what seemed like thousands of supporters with the hope of a giant killing. A cracking match with what was the greatest Wrexham team. Can't argue with that. And there was, of course, the disallowed Graham Whittle goal in that as well. People wondered, you know, what might have been. Um, Yeah, fantastic call, that. Uh, oh, hello, and there's one more. Oh, actually, a couple here. Um, right, I'm not sure which one this is replying. Oh, I done that. <laughs> oh, dear. I missed this one by mistake. Luke Redmond saying Stanford fourth qualifying has got to be forgotten. Yeah, I'd agree with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then John, uh, John Mills is replied saying, having said that, I enjoyed, I, I remember enjoying the size of the stewards playing hide and seek with freeloading fans on the hill overlooking the ground in the away match. It was far better than watching a football by a mile. I bet it was. <laughs> <laughs> and there was also a tweet and I've missed it somehow. So I do apologize. Any other ones I've missed, I've tried to read them all. Um, Brian says the one nil home against Jack Charlton's high-flying Middlesbrough in 74. I still remember Dave Smallman's thunderbolt that nearly broke the back of the net. So that run, Sunderland, uh, yeah, yeah. Southampton, rather, Middlesbrough, one nil wins. Fantastic. Ah, man, yeah. it makes you want to have a cup run, doesn't it? Oh, let's hope we do, because uh, it's been a while since we've had a really decent one now, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Parkinson, Parkinson's known for it as well, isn't he? Fantastic record, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's we know yeah. what he did at Bradford, but in other, you know, sort of other teams, he's done well in the cups. And until about until that cup run, he has a phenomenal record in penalty shootouts and in um, X games to go to extra time. I'm just f- trying to find it now. But he had. Let's have a look. The, the the slightly worrying thing, you see, I don't know whether there is genuinely a knack to that or not, or it's just coincidence. The worrying thing is that since that semi-final run, he's actually got a dreadful record in extra time and penalties. So I'm not quite sure what to think of it. Uh, let's see, can I find? No, maybe I can't. Oh well. Oh, I know where it is. This is great listening, isn't it? A man looking <laughs> through a computer. 
trying to find something he wrote about five days ago. Um, yeah. So, after the Bradford Cup run, his, in his career, he played an extra time seven times as a manager and won five of them. And he'd taken part in 10 penalty shootouts and won eight. So that's pretty amazing, isn't it? Um, trouble is, since then, he's had two more games go to extra time and lost them both. So his record now is 5-4. And in penalty shootouts, since that run, he's lost four in a row. So <laughs> his record's 10-6. So, Not quite so impressive, but uh, maybe so, we'll be the ones to get him back on running tracks, eh? Who's taken that fifth penalty in the replay against Man United at home? Mullen. Isn't it? Mullen, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be Mullen. <laughs> Bound to be. Anyway, anyway, to cap off his podcast, what does the FA Cup mean to you, Mark? It means a fantastic chance to have the sort of adventure that, in a way, even if you go up, you can't have. The yeah. excitement of not knowing what the next step is, of seeing the, the number of teams halve and halve again and start wondering, ooh, what if we got this group team? What if we got that team? Just, it, it, there's an excitement, a, a, a the possibilities are far more than just in the league where you have a fixed programme and it's that journey into the unknown that makes it so fabulous, isn't it? Oh, 100%. It's the same for me and I won't begrudge Marine if they beat us on Saturday either. It's it's one of those amazing things, isn't it? The FA Cup where the little guys have a chance to topple down these huge clubs, even though I know these huge clubs don't seem to take the FA Cup as seriously as they once would. And we'll probably just chuck out a load of their under 23 players against us if we ever got to third round. But for us little clubs, it's a great money spinner and it's a great chance to write some history, isn't it? Exactly. It's uh, Let's hope that whoever, one of us, starts a brilliant cup story on Saturday, preferably us, to be honest. Yeah, preferably us. But anyway, if you want to listen to the game, there's the official Wrexham um, commentary on Twitter. You've got the match centre. You've got all sorts of things going on around the club. Look, check, um, follow our Twitter, follow our Instagram, follow our YouTube. Also follow Tw uh, Dragon Art Twitter. Yeah, that's all I have to say. Well, I've got to say, though, Che, about following the commentary, which is now guaranteed free for the rest of the season. Maybe we'll talk about that more next week. But, uh, yeah, remember, we'll be commentating live from Marine. And yeah. it'll be, for the moment, on Wrexham's Mixler channel before it's migrated across to the actual Wrexham player platform. Exactly. And without that, this has been Dragonheart, this has been Che, and this has been Mark. Thank you very much. Adios, muchachos. This is the Final Whistle Podcast from the Wrexham AFC media team.